0: What up, family? It's your man, Hugh Holler, and you are now rocking with the most in-depth show in hip-hop. Yo, what's good, y'all? It's your boy, BRM. Hey, yo, this is D-Rock. What's good? This is your boy, Intellect. Yo, what up, everybody? This is Mitch Terrell.
1: What's up, everyone? This is Lexi Nirvana. What's good, everybody? This is your boy, TC, and you rocking with the Bookkeeper 24-7 podcast, whose hand's always on that plow. So keep it tuned in, cause we in the field, man. Changing the culture for God. Let's go.
2: 247.com. Welcome to Behind the Mic, an extension of the Bookkeeper 247 podcast with my husband and your host, Daryl Kemp. Behind the Mic podcast is where we dive deep into the latest projects and more with some amazing artists. Today, we have the privilege of sitting down with Verbal Renaissance, a Christian music record label Based in Chicago, Illinois, a collection of diverse artists exists within Verbal Renaissance, each bringing their very own unique talents as well as styles to the forefront. Joining us from the Verbal Renaissance lineup, we have Justin Martyr, representing Miami, Florida. We have Aisha Marie, hailing from the vibrant city of Chicago, Illinois. And we have the talented artist by the name of Regenerate, who's also from Chicago. These three artists definitely completes this dynamic collective. Together, as Verbal Renaissance, they're redefining the music scene, placing words and lyrics at the forefront once again. Their passion for artistry and their commitment to spreading powerful messages through their music makes them a force to be reckoned with. Now, on behalf of the Bookkeeper 247, we would like to apologize for our extended break and want to thank you for continuing to rock with us. Don't forget, if you really want to help us grow, smash that like button, subscribe to the channel, and hit the alert button to be notified for the most in-depth show in hip-hop, the Bookkeeper 247 podcast. Thanks for joining us, Verbal Renaissance. Without further delay... Let's Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Welcome to the podcast. podcast. All right. All right. All right. So, we like to kick this stuff off with a little icebreaker. So, I'm going to come to, hey, look, whatever order y'all choose is up to you. So can you tell us a little bit about yourselves?
3: Yep, so I can kick it off. So my name is Aisha Marie, um, one third of Herbal Renaissance, and born and raised in Chicago on the South Side. Uh, started off in the church, like most musicians and artists. <laughs> I started off in the church uh, directing the choir. I'm a PK. My dad's a pastor. And uh, I directed the choir, taught Sunday school, played the organ, was a church musician, started off in church choirs, had a gospel singing group. And kind of come from that tradition of like gospel quartets and just a long line of like preachers, the family of preachers and singers and stuff like that. And then um fell in love with hip-hop around eighth grade going into high school. And then I started rapping at like 15, 16. This was like before I was saved. So I got deeper into rap around that time, just freestyling, doing different things. And then um, I'm gonna try to get a short version. So then fast forward. Went to college, you know, started wilding out like college kids do, doing different things. And um, always thought I was saved. I thought I was born again because of my affiliation and my proximity, like growing up in church my whole life. And then this guy in college started witnessing to me. He was in, really big into Christian hip hop. He had grown up in Christian hip hop and he started witnessing to me. I ended up getting saved from his witness, like right after college, um, joined this church that he was inviting me to it was a house church in Chicago ended up getting saved and and discipled. And, um, and then around the time P4C and poetry started getting real big. I don't know if you familiar with that, but, um, I started like just writing uh, rhymes. It like, it inspired me to write rhymes. And at that time I had put, you know, hip hop down for a long time. I wasn't even listening to secular music or anything at that time. I was just getting fed the word and growing in Christ. Um, so yeah, my brother was a producer, got some beats from him, and then I put out my first uh Christian hip hop EP in 2014, and then released my first full-length uh hip hop project in 2020, and then I put out a uh gospel EP in 2022, and then it just kind of gone from there. And then our project, as you know, just dropped. So we're promoting verbal renaissance compilation album, and um yeah, that's the me in a nutshell.
1: I've been on before, so. <laughs> yeah, come on, Regenerate. Yeah, I know just. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm. I'm from Chicago as well. Side right town, born and raised, um, North Side of Chicago. Um, Puerto Rican, so Humboldt Park—that's kind of the Puerto Rican neighborhood, whatever. Um, but yeah, man, I did not grow up in church. My parents did not raise us that way at all. Uh, my mom came from a Christian household, and so she primarily just taught us to pray every night before bed. That's kind of it. We didn't really do anything other than that. Um, you know, my grandmother would watch us at the school during the summers, And so every now and then she would turn off the TV to like just give us, you know, read the Bible to us, that kind of thing. So that's kind of the most foundation I had as a believer growing up, that, that, that was really it. I didn't do nothing else with that. My family really wasn't in church. Um, when I was, I grew up hearing all kinds of music, you know, house music, hip hop, rock and roll, just everything. Um, and so when I was 15, I ended up wanting to be a rapper through different, you know, seeing like Wu-Tang and then listening to their albums because I know my dad had it and I was like, yo, this is dope and all that kind of stuff. And so I started writing rhymes. Uh, around that same time, my mom started going to church. Like she felt like the Lord was calling her back because she grew up in it but went her own way. She starts going um, and it, you know, I'm forced to go. I hated it, right?
1: <laughs> um,
0: and so I have to go to that. But I end up hearing Christian hip hop. I start i started i like christian hip-hop before i was even saved. i just thought it was dope all i knew was lecrae and triple e lecrae's album after the music stopped triple e 2020 that's all i knew of christian rap um -hmm. eventually i get saved um and literally because i knew christian hip-hop was already a thing when i got saved and i i had just been writing as like yo i want to be a rapper for a few months like nine months before i got saved so because i knew christian rap was a thing once i got saved i was like i'll just start writing like that um Mm -hmm. and so so that was that's when i was 16 it's been uh 14 years ago so literally 14 years i've been doing this christian hip-hop thing um yeah man i've seen the lord do a lot with it um, more so recently 2017 i put out my first project it was the ep uh the call ep um 2019 i dropped another ep been doing a lot of singles trying to grind with the reels and all the ig content and doing freestyles <laughs> and different competitions and all of that me and justin actually met in bible college um, and that was part of how Verbal Renaissance happened and connected with him was he already knew who I was. We were doing Cypress all the time. Uh, and so because of all the content I was putting out and that sort of thing, Justin sort of felt like, well, I, I know he's talented, but oh, he also has work ethic. That's someone I want to sign to a label. Uh, so again, we've known each other for years, me, Asia, I've actually known Asia longer than I knew Justin. Like, So we've all just been in the same Chicago, like Christian hip hop scene. We've seen each other and stuff. So. Um, but yeah, man, been doing this for the Lord for a while, and uh, just trying to keep that going even further. The Lord has been lately just blessing it with a lot more momentum. I was on a record with uh, Monster Tarver from G.O.M. Um, just, I got a lot of other things in the works that are pretty dope. Um, but uh, yeah, man, trying to keep Christ first throughout all of it, and, and just do this lyrical hip-hop thing in excellence for Jesus.
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And Justin, since you've been on the show, man, I want to welcome you back most definitely, right? So I'm just going to ask you, man, just can you explain the origin and the inspiration behind the group name, Verbal Renaissance?
4: Yeah, so uh, glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Uh, Verbal Renaissance, uh, if you listen to our album, it's in the intro. Verbal just means pertaining to words. Renaissance it means like a return to something. So, yeah. Uh, you know, if anyone knows much about Christian hip-hop in recent years, it's been a big debate. Christian rapper, rapper, that's Christian, theologian mm-hmm. rappers. You got the cross movement, early reach records type versus the uh, maybe, you know, current reach records, turn up, just have fun type of Christian hip-hop. And it's been rare that I've seen people try to combine both. Instead of making them enemies, is there a way we could do it? both of those styles and so I do that in my music and uh you know my wife and I Aisha, you know we're going on eight years married in a few weeks so shout out to us. Happy oh, <laughs> um, anniversary. Yeah thank, <laughs> thank you thank you. Yeah so uh we both do music in very different ways but we love theology and we'll sprinkle that in our music and but we also like to have fun. Uh, Regenerate, same thing, you know, I had another artist that was previously signed, and there's a a couple other artists that we're looking at to sign as well, but it's just a label where, you know, I I just wanted to bring another voice uh, to the field of Christian hip-hop that could uh, be serious about the word of God, but also have fun, like, even when we finished our album, my wife made a pretty cool comment that I totally agree with she said um this album reminds me of some of those old uh lamp mode projects except there's Mm. a lot of but except there's fun records on here and shout out lamp mode i love y'all i know some of these guys personally (laughs) not taking a shot but it was more all serious theology it wasn't too many songs where you just have fun have a party too and so we wanted to combine uh that world and so yeah i I had enough relationships i've been doing christian hip-hop since 1998 believe it or not and um, yeah, I've done shows with so many names, performed in other countries and continents and all kinds of experiences. And I wanted to take some of those experiences. I've also been signed to two other labels and bring it uh, a new fresh voice in Christian hip hop, a new crew that could, uh, could do music in a way that I feel isn't being done as often. So serious about the word, serious about theology, you hear that, but also serious about having fun and, and having different genres so we're lyrical and we're also um you know we want you to have a good time as well
1: yes sir first let me let me say this i think that's a dope concept the way y'all brought that together because yeah that is in echoing in the ears of everybody that loves christian hip-hop are you christian hip-hop or are you uh what's the other one a rapper that's christian right so i love how you merge that in and i was actually and i'm gonna go a little off script i was actually talking to a friend of mine today out there in arizona like i was telling y'all behind the scenes and uh desi yates out there so i want to give a shout out to desi he's a christian hip-hop artist and even though it doesn't pertain to exactly what you were just saying and how this came together in verbal renaissance but he was talking about seminary right so i know and i don't know about you Asia, but i know that justin and regenerate because regenerate just said it plus i peeped y'all last interview about y'all meeting in theology school and stuff like that and Desert was just telling me and, it, and what what it jarred my mind was when you were speaking because he was just telling me that he just want to know who jesus is and you can get lost in seminary and things like that. And I remember what my pastor told me before I was about to go to seminary, which I haven't went yet, but he was telling me when you do go, just hold on to Jesus, right? So I think that that merge that y'all are talking about and the way that the concept and the name of the group about this Christian rapper, about theology rap, about can you have fun on records and everything like that. At the end of the day, we're Christians. And I think that every style, whatever you say, whoever like it or not, we should represent Christ to the fullest. But it's not like we can't have fun. I'm a, I'm a San Antonio Spurs fan, even though I got a Portland hat on. Or I'm a Cowboy fan. And don't y'all dog me, because I know y'all up there in the shower, just down there in Miami, <laughs> with the <laughs> Dolphins, right? But it's, they, act, some people act like, I can't even go to a Cowboy game. I can't even go to a to a baseball game if I want to or or whatever it may be so I just want to give y'all a shout out I know I was running on about that concept and what y'all bringing to the table with that so when I'm listening to the album I'm listening to Welcome to the VR right this is like the introduction to what the artist brings to the table so I have a question how do you decide on who goes on what track or who goes first (laughs)
4: Yeah, that was a great, great question, man. Uh yeah, so by God's grace, I produced the whole album. I did all the beats. Got one guy to play bass on one record. Um yeah, shout out to Chaz and Bradford, Chaz and Anomalies. He's out in Nashville. Um, but yeah, I just uh what we would do, you know, I'd have a beat, i present, you know, and uh, thankfully everybody was feeling all the group beats even though it, it might not have been a beat they would have chose like if it was their own project but everybody at least I was like all right here's a, a beat that I think we should all get on everyone was feeling it and then uh yeah sometimes I'd have an idea like oh I think you should go for it you should go first or sometimes we'd have a writing session and then you know we would just all together come up with the order um and then I wanted to like it to be different like each song because you know there's been some group projects i've heard it's so predictable the biggest name or whoever trade <laughs> the label they always go first they do every hook and i was like i don't want this to be that way i want it to be unpredictable and then even though it's kind of pattern like cross movement albums where there's solo songs there's some songs with a few of us there's some songs with the whole group so you know i kind of left it up to certain people some songs people heard the subject matter they didn't want to be on it. other songs You know, so it was kind of uh, you know, kinda all came together and kind of put
1: that put that together. Yeah, I think that's dope too because when you're talking about your album and I asked that question, I mean you got like some reggae tones on there. Y'all got some spoken word on there. You got some rap on there. Hey, I know this later on, but I even heard like a throwback beat in there, right? <laughs> or oh, what are those songs that I've asked y'all about later? No spoiler alert, right? So I think that's, that's dope. And also with y'all being a group, right? So constructive criticism. Some people know how to give it, some people don't. Has there ever been a problem like that when it comes to constructive criticism with you all?
3: I would say, like, me and my husband, like, he's, because he's my husband, like, off, like, behind the scenes, he's more uh, hard on me, like, than than other people, because, you know, we're married, and he knows me, so I had to do, I did, like, um, a couple of, I did maybe, like, one rewrite, like, he heard something, he was like, I know, like, you can do better than that. And during the course of this album, you know, I, you know, become a new mom and I'm trying to figure, I'm trying to balance my time and figure out, you know, you know, writing and adjust to, to everything. So I was just in a weird season, um, you know, with the writing and just being able to create content. And so he was giving me like constru- constructive criticism behind the scenes. And even on my solo song, we, we tailored the, the hook to kind of fit more like we found like a, comp- a happy compromise like with the hook because mm. he gave a suggestion and I didn't like it like at first like I didn't know I I was that. and he's been trying to get like a lot of times it's like he's trying to give me like out of my comfort zone and like even like amongst the group like I feel like uh, like how Nelson and Justin rap is not like how I rap in terms of style like we have very very different styles
4: Um, even a lot
3: of like like Nelson, the,
4: you're generic, by the way yeah, and, and
3: even some of the like production that they would choose out and like vice versa. Like we just have a lot of different ideas, but I think too, like when when you're a part of a team, there's just this aspect of like being a team player. And and I know that sounds like cliche, but it's like I don't know. I think it's something in Christians that's kind of innate. Like I'm willing to die to myself. To mm-hmm. for sake of the group and so I don't mm-hmm. hold things up and also so that we can move towards progress so I think a lot of it like like we had all those problems behind the scenes like nothing too intense but it's just like me getting outside of my comfort zone because when I create I like to create kind of like by myself Nelson is like that too Nelson came from a group Regenerate came from mm-hmm. a group setting and he was like I'm never doing that again so even him being a part of mm-hmm. and not not because of I don't think any bad experiences or whatever but I think just mm-hmm. he just used to I mean, you could correct me if I'm wrong, but just kind of find on right. your own and just create it and just go in. And then, you know, but it's different being in a group. And then Justin is my husband, but he's also the label head. And he also is the producer. So there were a lot of things he was, you know, calling a lot of, uh, you know, shots in. And not like anybody's being controlling or possessive, but just really, like, someone has to lead. Someone has to take the lead or <laughs> things aren't going to get done. So there was a lot of constructive criticism, like...
4: Back and forth, too. Yeah, right? There was some people, can You change this, or I want to come in on this part. Or, some there's some beat switch ups, and some people are like, Hey, switch it up here. And in my mind, I had it at a different place, and I had to adjust. Or, um, you know, there was a, a mixing thing regenerate wanted that I thought the engineer could be better. He ended up using a different engineer because I felt the one engineer trying to take a shortcut, you know what I'm saying? Um, and so you know, things like that, but yeah, regenerate, yeah, yeah,
0: I think, um. I, I would like to think I was the most agreeable for each record. <laughs> but, I mean, I think, like, there was there was, there was was a record where I kind of just tried something. Like, my delivery was a little bit more sloppy. And I, I literally, I said to the Justin, like, yo, let me know what you think about this. If, if you're like, this is trash, I'll re-record it a different way. And sure enough, he was like, yeah, that ain't it. Do it again. You know, so, like, some of, some of it was I was just trying some things. And I'm like, what do you think? And, you know, and I was more than willing to just, like, all right, I'll switch that up if you're feeling it. Some of my verses, like, I know I bodied that. That's staying like that. I don't care what nobody said. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. and then uh, like he mentioned, the uh, the engineering thing. I had one engineer do it. I, I literally already, like, sent them, like, like yo, I'm going to pay you. I got you. And then Justin was like, nah, I think it could be better. So I hit up a different dude. And mm. I was willing to take that L because if it's for the greater, the betterment of the project and the record, it, like, let's do it. You know what I mean? And sometimes I, I I think in the music industry, sometimes you do that you might pay somebody and it still ain't right. You're like, nah, I'm gonna just take that L with that money. And like, I'm gonna make this sound right. Like it needs to. Um, but yeah, it was a lot of that kind of stuff. Even like, as far as being a challenge to push out of my comfort zone, if you listen to my record, it is very, I, I like, don't talk before the song starts. Mm-hmm. Justin was like, Hey, can you say this part before the song starts? i was like, mm-hmm. all right, fine. Like <laughs> I, I don't like to do that. But again, little things like that. I was like, yeah, I can do that. That's fine. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I think I was very, so like Asia mentioned, I, I started with a group when I initially did that. that I, like I feel most people do, but I started with a group and I think what happened was over time I realized I was the one who really had the passion for music. And so in being in a group, it was like, guys, who didn't take it that serious. And so I was like, oh, this is ultimately holding me back because y'all don't have the same drive I got and I really got to do this. So that's what inspired me to start doing things by like myself, which I've now learned I work really well that way. Like I'll be working on stuff and I'm telling anybody. I'll just drop it. Yeah. All right, here it is. Like I, I like to work kind of in secret like that. I just I just go. Um, and so it did feel good to be part of a group again. Um, but also, but then there's always that element of people are going through different things in life. Some people just taking their time. And so you're like, yo, I got my verse ready. And then a month later, everybody else is writing verses. So <laughs> that gets kind of frustrating sometimes. But uh, overall, I enjoy being back on a group project. And I don't think, I don't think I held anything too tightly in terms of what I was working on. I was more, I was open to, you know, feedback and stuff like that.
3: Even how we view each other, like Justin, like if Justin says, uh, Justin Martin says like, oh, party record, uh, fun record, that means something else to me than it does <laughs> to him. So he might hear my verse and be like, okay, that's not what I was...
4: Thanks for taking us to the cross in a party
3: record. Yeah, like, like <laughs> that, you
4: know,
3: And then I don't consider myself a theologian rapper, like that, so I felt like, i would consider them that but they can do both you know what i'm saying but i don't consider myself like oh a theologian rapper like i'm gonna be talking about doctrine so i there are a lot of times where it's like i feel like all right i'm trying to keep up with them and like what they're doing in the music so you make a lot of like you really get stretched in in a in a group setting but i'm glad at the end of the day like nelson Mm. said the project came out as great as it did
4: One, one quick correction my brother bookkeeper this is very important okay you mentioned reggaeton, and shout out to all my Puerto Ricans jamaicans I am Jamaican. It, that song is reggae. No. We are the originators <laughs> That is very important that we make that distinction. Shout out to all my notes on reggaeton. The record on there is reggae from Jamaica. Me and, and the artist, on of a my cousin. It is a one drop reggae song. So I uh, just wanted to clarify. Yes, sir. <laughs> Shout out to all my reggae tone people. I've produced some reggae tone stuff in Miami, but it, it's a reggae record.
3: But. Oh, but Daryl, you mentioned something. I have to bring this up too. You mentioned something earlier about when you were asking Justin about what verbal renaissance meant. And um, I've been having lots of conversations with my friends. Like I've just been personally kind of been going down the rabbit trail of like the rabbit hole of like uh female rappers. And I could sum up the bars and what they rap around in three lines. And it's like I'm smoking ops, mm-hmm. I'm kidding. You know, cruising whatever. You know, it's like the same type of like messaging. And when I think about verbal renaissance in 2023 today, I feel like um, even though Christian hip hop is is huge, like to us and within the genre, and it's made a lot of gains as far as like getting into the mainstream space, it's still new to a lot of people. Especially when you think about like your local geographic area, like your you know your region or your city, it's still. Kind of like undiscovered because there are a lot of places we go perform and like kids or people come up to us like oh my goodness like i didn't even know this was a even thing even other
2: christians
3: yeah even other christians like <laughs> the, the things that you do and my and i my siblings i was kind of my brother i got so i have like um there's a huge age disparity between me and my older siblings and my older siblings are, like, fascinated that, like, I, you know, that I rap. And so my older brother, I was, like, coming out the house. We had a family gathering. He was like, yeah, man. He was like, my sister, you know, she a gospel rapper. I was like, bro, we don't really say gospel rapper like that. <laughs> I said, we say, like, C-H-H Christian Hip Hop. He was like, oh, that sounds better. I was like, yeah. So we was kind <laughs> of like, it. but, but in a sense, it's like, it's something new and it's fresh. And a, and a lot of people, like, in my family and my friends, they're fascinated because they're, like, how you rap about Christ and about God and you're so passionate about it like it's Mm. it's appealing it's compelling so when I think of verbal renaissance it's like we aren't spewing what the world is saying and condoning like sin and their approval of sin but it's something new but but it's the gospel and it seems pertaining to God that is clean and it's family friendly and like you know what I mean like it's it's Mm -hmm. something that is that is new and cutting edge in the sense that the mainstream, this this type of uh language and this lyricism is not pervasive as far as the things that we're talking about. So to me, it's like a it's it's much more, you know, meaningful. And I feel like for people who really are in Christ that are doing this genre of music, they should really go hard with it and push hard with it because the world needs to hear it, because it can lead to gospel conversations and you know, point people to Christ, the things you said in your prayer. And uh, but that's really like what verbal renaissance means to me, because even beyond this project, I would want the same for my individual project, the same with regenerates, the same with his. It's for it to be that verbal renaissance that people find it interesting, because I'm sure Justin told you, like, and I learned about Christian doctrine and theology from Christian hip hop. Same with me. Like, I was mm-hmm. amazed when I first heard Christian hip hop. And I think it, it had that impact, like, on all of us. And so we just kind of share that affinity for the for the genre.
1: Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. All right. Now, look, Regenerate, before we move on, I need you to look at me. Don't look at Asian and Justin. Just look at me. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to ask you a question. Is Justin the Shoe Knight right. a Christian hip-hop? <laughs> is, ju- is Justin the Shoe Knight Christian hip-hop? Oh, he can't be. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely times he made suggestions that are like commands. Like, yo, all right, I'll be mad, You know I, mean? Right. No. <laughs> no, I mean? he just he just serious he just serious about his work, man. Like, yo, this is what used to happen. You know what I mean? He's not playing games. And he's just trying to get stuff done, man. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'll
1: say yes to that. <laughs> yeah, Justin, though, no, I'm best winner But I think that it's good what I hear with y'all. I can hear the unity together, the drive, the vision, the mission And it takes it takes special kind of people to be able to come together right because a lot of people talk about the vision a lot of people talk about the mission but you still got to put it together and go forth and that's what i'm hearing from y'all and i really i really like that and that's probably why i enjoyed that album so much because of the unity that you all have it looks like that you're more than just record mates you all are friends your brothers and sisters in christ i'm pretty sure that an album means one thing but progressing the kingdom means another so just want to give y'all that y'all y'all flowers you thank
2: said.
1: you yes yes so justin and asia oh no problem justin and asia and asia kind of hit on this a little bit how do you how do you all support each other's careers raise a kid worship and all the other things that come with a marriage.
3: Yeah. We, um, th- these past couple of years have been particularly challenging because I've had health, some health issues and some like complications. We've had to endure that. We've also had to, um, like you said, navigate being new parents, figure out our schedules, mm-hmm. uh, work, make sure, you know, work, and then making sure we, we're making the time to dedicate to music. I have such a huge passion for music and it's something, you know, there are times where I wanted to give up because it was it was difficult and my husband's like, no, I'm going to continue to push you. Um, no, even that. even with doing this project just to consistency, mm. like it put me in a consistency mode too. And, um, and just because, you know, I'm a woman too, like challenges are different. Like, even though like I'm raising a child with my husband and it's easier with my husband It's just as a woman, I still have an entirely set of different challenges, you know, with becoming a new mom and different things like that. But I think for us, um, Christ first and everything and all that we do. And, um, but I think the most important thing when we were engaged, I was at a really uh, great church with a lot of age disparity. So we had a lot of older saints who were able to speak into our lives and really pour into us. And this older lady at my church, she told me, she said, Aisha, when you get married, no matter what you go through, whatever trials, ups and downs, you always go through it together. Because you all are one. Yeah. You navigated together. She said you pray, you know, together. So even times like if the enemy creeps and we have a disagreement or argument, it's like, my husband is not my enemy. He's not my enemy. He's my greatest friend. This is the deepest bond I've ever experienced. And everything we do, we do it together. My husband is on my team and he's one of my biggest supporters. Um, when we first met, when we started dating, and I played my uh <laughs> my EP. We were, like, in the car. He was already, like, critiquing. Yeah, why did you, you know, do <laughs> And stuff like that. But I don't remember that. But you did.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> like, uh, stage presence, stuff like that. Critiquing that. Because we will perform and practice at home. He'll give me the real with that. Like, your stage presence. You could do this better. You need to work on this. And you need to improve on that and um uh, just professionalism why are you going to these shows you not you don't have your merch you don't have your cds you don't have so just different things like that and um and i don't know we we've just been able to strengthen well, each other and find a rhythm part
4: of me, like the bond is so deep because we relate on so many different levels mm-hmm. like we're not just rappers we're gospel musicians like we grew up playing in the black church. yeah he
3: played the drums so, i grew up playing the yeah like the we church. know what
4: it's like to be paid to play instruments mm-hmm. we know about black preaching black church history things like that that bring us together but we also know about church history in general and theology and we're both PKs. Both our dads are pastors. Yeah. Um, you know, we met at the same church, uh, Legacy Fellowship, which was pastored at the time by uh, Brian Dyer. So we know a lot of the same people. We grew up with a lot of the same music. So there was so many different bonds on so many different levels. Like regenerable we'll jokes sometimes we'll we'll be talking about all these deep musical turns We could talk about uh, you know, staccato, and you know, what I'm saying uh, you know, an octave, and oh, they're flat or sharp, and all this stuff. And he'd be like, "Man, what are y'all talking about?" But you know, <laughs> transposing and all this stuff. But that helps us with the music, trusting each other. Um, you know, sometimes they should critique my stuff, and sometimes I'll agree, sometimes I disagree. Same for her. But it's good to have someone who knows music, also. If she have a late-night studio session, I'm not tripping. I get the industry. If I have a late-night studio session or a show, or she have a show, we're like, the, the typical couple is they're not both artists. So, you know, one don't get it, the other. But we both get it. We're like, oh, man, we know how the engineer, this and that. We know how doing a show and how much longer it could take if you sign an autograph so you meeting with people and, or going out to eat you know and we do stuff together all the time as well but it's not always possible or sometimes she's booked sometimes I'm not so it's actually fun man I actually enjoy it um, you know obviously there are drawbacks uh, both of us doing music just cause you know maybe if only one was doing it maybe childcare would be a little easier and then sometimes people try to pit you against each other like competition wise like Well, I like your husband's music more. I like your wife's music more. Well, I mean, I don't know if she's heard that, but I've had some people, they try to, oh yeah, I like, you know, I like their music more. And I've seen other people go through it. Like I literally have, we both know, you know, Jackie and Preston Perry personally used to go to church with them. I've seen people go up to Preston and say, man, your wife's so good, man. How does that, you know... Kind of inform your art is just like man, that's a weird question and it's like,
3: like and it's like we're one like we aren't competing or in competition with yeah, each other. Like it's how, it. and it's a win for both of us that, hey that's a good one for both of us if one of us is exactly. doing well and progressing and thriving and stuff like that so yeah.
1: yeah man that's what's up so this is a question for for all of y'all and i'm also a creator right so i'm Write write books and things like that. Hmm. So, is it any advice you could give married couples who have one or both creators in one house?
0: <laughs> well, I see, I can speak from the perspective of being the only creative in my house. Um, but what what would you mean by advice? Like advice if as the artist with the spouse who's not a not a creator? Or what would yeah, you
1: because because I I okay I hear a lot of artists right christian artists right Mm -hmm. they get these thoughts they get this uh bar in their head they want to go right they want to go do this but right (laughs) the spouse you know it's spouse time right hey the spouse wants some time right so that's more what i'm kind of asking yeah yeah yeah. is it yep mm -hmm.
0: yeah i got yeah so i mean i think i think by the grace of god i just have a very supportive wife you know if I'm if I'm looking at IG too much, you'll give me a look. You know what I mean. If it's if the kids are finally down for a nap and I'm still texting through our music, and then, then, then so I start to talk to her, yo, this feature might happen. And she's kind of like, we're here together, you and me. What are we watching the show? What are we, you, know? Um, but in general, she's very supportive, man, and I, and I have to be thankful for that. Like me and Justin, you know, I think it was he, I think it was two years ago at this point, or a year ago. We went to a, we flew out to uh, Arizona for a conference. Um, my wife stayed behind with our two kids. She let me do that you know what i mean she's she understands that this is a passion so the day me and my wife met it was at a show i performed at. she so i invited oh, the dope. mutual friend i invited the mutual friend we met through they showed up late so they didn't even see me perform but still <laughs> it was at a show i did that we met so she knew from the start I was a rapper that is something that i love doing and she's just always supported i mean she'll keep me in check like if i you know oh i gotta go do this show real quick throw out the garbage Oh, I got like you know what I mean? like she remind me, hey, well, play with your kids, it's like it's not like you're home now, you know. Um, so so on my end, I have to be very conscious of that because it is like the example you gave where I'm like, man, I could be writing right now, man, I could be, I could be doing this, I can, I can go to, I can go hang out with these people in the studio. I like I have that desire, and sometimes my flesh wants to say she's getting in my way. But at mm-hmm. the same time, no, you have to leave the household, and and if you're a believer, especially, you understand that you have a greater calling towards your family, and that. And that your family is actually more important than anything you're doing with music at all, um, so yeah, you just gotta set those those boundaries and those priorities the right way. Um, yeah, that's that's about it.
3: Yeah, and I would say don't neglect, don't ever neglect your family for ministry for ministry because your family is your right. first ministry. Which means you don't want your household to be in disarray because you're pursuing a dream and you're neglecting them to do things yeah. like set, like you said, you know, in addition to setting the boundaries. You know, set aside time. And then the, the spouses who aren't into that need to show grace and um allow space for you to do those things. Because I think like I know in addition to God giving us gifts and talents, like we do have passions and desires that are God given and we need to learn how to steward that time well and to put time but into can it. I
0: add can I add one more thing to that too? Mm-hmm. Another thing, artists, if you if you have a spouse that's not a creator, you gotta understand that they're not. Because there are times that I'm like very excited about a show or a feature. Yo, this person, oh i don't know who those people are. Like <laughs> it, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean nothing to her because she doesn't pay attention to the job in that way. So like I'm so then I at times there's been times where I've been upset because she doesn't she's not excited like I am. I'm like she doesn't know who this is. You know what I mean? It's like it doesn't and so so that's where having other artist friends comes into play. I'll text at this point I don't know I just text my guys who do know yo I'm I'm gonna be on the song with this like, because I used to, like, get mad about that. And she don't even care about my art. No, she just doesn't know who that is. It don't mean the same thing to her. It doesn't, you know what I mean? Uh, so be mm-hmm. gracious in that aspect, too. But
4: And yeah. again, yeah, never sacrifice your family for a dream. I've seen tons of artists do it, ministers, preachers, whatever. And then they lose their family. And then a lot of times they lose the art platform as well. And you lose everything. And It's mm-hmm. like, that's not worth it. And even in scripture, you know, it talks about if you can't take care of your own household, how can you take care of the household of God? You know what I'm saying? So, you know, family is the first ministry, number one. And if your family's struggling, people, you can't be afraid to take breaks from music, man. Maybe you don't. Hey, maybe you need to take a three-year break from putting out any music so you can reconcile with your family, you know, you know, or, hey, take the money for that music video and, and go on a vacation or something, something like mm-hmm. that. Um, and so...
3: Yeah, because, are- you know, it's like I want to be present at home and to pay attention to the, 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 you know, the gifts that God has given me, which is like my husband, and children and things like that. And you just... It's, not it's like, I don't want to be this fantastic artist that's getting a lot of praise and stuff, Well, my family hates me. I'm not, mother, like, who wants that? And when I stand before the Lord, he's going to ask me, you know, he's... He wants to know, what did you do? The, the husband I gave you, the children I gave you. So it's like really putting that first and then making time for you know for music, just setting aside time to do that.
1: Amen. Before we cut to this break, y'all really helped me because I'd be in the middle of a chapter. I'd be like, babe, can I please get this chapter out? <laughs> you know, but this <laughs> yeah. this weekend, they really wanted me to go to the fair with them. I, I'm raising two mm. 14-year-old twins with my uh with my wife, a boy and a girl, and everybody wanted to go to the fair. So I had to kick everything dad wanted to do to the side and go to the fair. And I had a ball too. So, yeah, but that's great, great advice. So you are listening to the bookkeeper 247 podcast with our new segment behind the mic with our special guest, verbal renaissance. Stay locked in as we'll be back after these messages.
0: What's up, everyone? It's your man, Tommy Codell, and you're now tuned in to the Bookkeeper 24-7 podcast. We're on a mission to change the culture for God by flooding the music industry with the good news. Make sure you go and check out my new single, For the Lord, featuring Calvin Cooper and Austin Carts, out on all platforms, especially the music video. You can stream it now on YouTube. Enjoy the show.
1: Hey yo, what up? It's your boy Joseph from Good News Music, and I'm rocking with the bookkeeper 24-7. All day, every day. Check out my new project. No slides in the day room. Available everywhere. June 23rd. Stay ready, you ain't gotta get ready. You feel me? He's coming back.
0: Stay ready, you ain't gotta oh, get yeah, ready. Boy. He's, he's coming back, on, back. slides in this
1: book. Oh, what? 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 Good news, Music. Don't talk about it, be about it joseph in the bible man i used to dream about it dream about say it. by grace now i sing about it Fair ain't no...
2: into the world of pamela douglas where life is a roller coaster ride of emotions from heartache to hope follow pamela's journey through love loss and everything in between in the pages of the pamela douglas story by daryl kemp In the first chapter, you'll find yourself transported to the town of Birmingham, Alabama, where the Douglas family grapples with poverty and family tensions. Kemp's emotional intensity paints a vivid picture of the hardships Pamela endures and the tenacity she embodies as she overcomes them. You won't want to put this gripping and inspiring book down. So if you're ready for a journey through the depths of the human experience, Join Pamela on her remarkable journey of triumph over adversity. The Pamela Douglas story is a must-read for anyone who craves a powerful and moving story that will leave you breathless. For more details, sign up for our newsletter so that you can be alerted when the book drops. Now, back to the show.
1: Welcome back to the Behind the Mic podcast, family, where we are sitting down and chopping it up with verbal renaissance. As we move into this segue, let's talk about church hurt. Let's talk about... Comeback Deconstruction. There's so many people that have been church hurt before. Let's start with you, Regenerate. Have you ever been church hurt? I mean, I think
0: I've had, I've had what I feel like is people maybe not operating... With the integrity they ought to As ministers, as as just Christians In general Um, You know you sometimes see people sort of putting Putting their their own desires Ahead of other people's and and being a bit selfish Uh, I can honestly say I haven't necessarily in terms of like Really being like hurt Like man that was really fine how they did that I've had my disagreements and that sort of thing But I haven't, based on what I hear People describing in terms of church hurt I haven't actually experienced that at all
3: for me I have when
0: I was younger
3: so um just in uh to Nelson's point hypocrisy um just this church hurt and disappointment from that from hypocrisy from church leaders people I looked up to in the church also as a PK you know you're always kind of front and center but I feel like I've experienced mistreatment because I was talented I've experienced that mm. like for people in the church and also um uh, kind of like on the flip side like I don't know, be, because I was talented, also dedicated, like like committed. I don't know, just people just mistreat being mistreated, and then I think just the unrealistic expectations, and I know my husband can relate to this. When you are RPK, PK, the what's it, the expectations that are put on you, um, mm. to like to be perfect or to be kind of flawless, and it's just like that's not reality. Like I'm a kid, I'm growing up, I'm experiencing temptations, I sin. You know, to I feel like I never sinned in a public way to bring shame on my father or you know my family or anything, but just kind of experienced those things, but but much younger. Unlike my friends who have experienced it like as adults and things like that, because I got saved at 24, a light bulb went off and. and and so much more in the sense that um, even when I got saved early on, I experienced church hurt, but I knew that the Lord was with me through it, and he was growing me through it. So I had a new perspective and a new lens in which to view that, you know,
4: through, but... Yeah, I song Deconstruction uh, speaks to some of this. Uh, Yeah, I guess similar to Nelson, um, more church disappointment and hurt. I've always kind of... In some ways, kept pastors and others, even though I, I'm a pastor and minister, at a at a arm's length in the sense of I didn't put them on a pedestal. Probably because you know my dad's a pastor growing up, so everyone else called a bishop pastor. He's dad, so I see all the flaws. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't impressed. Like some people would be so impressed. I'm like I live with him every day. I, you know, I <laughs> I, see, I see him in his underwear. You know what I'm saying? Like you know, but like. Uh, other big name pastors or whatever artists at a young age, I met some famous people. So I wasn't as impressed. So I think one reason I haven't had a church hurt though, there've been hurtful things, scandal other stuff. I've just always looked at people as human. Yeah. Have I been shocked by what some people have done? Sure. But I've never really put people on that type of pedestal that if they fell, it would have devastated my faith because I'm like, at the end of the day, I know what goes on. I've been in church my whole life. I've seen foolishness from start to finish. So no, I haven't really experienced church hurt in that way that so many others in this whole time of deconstruction uh have. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, even if I if I was like super disappointed to the point where like, oh man, you know, I'm done with these people, like it wouldn't cause me to walk away from Christ. Because yeah. God has been too good. He didn't yeah. do that. Yeah, Jesus mm-hmm. has been too good my life and just so much when you spend time in the word and spend time laying on your face before the Lord praying and crying out to God and God is working through his word and through the Holy Spirit it's just like that's that's you know that's sustaining that um, you know perseverance of the saint through disappointments through hurts and trials and it's a part of uh, our cross the beard we're going to experience hurt and pain and uh, disappointments and letdowns in this life but Christ is still good he's still on the throne you know, as so they say, he's still ruling and reigning and abiding in us. So, and nothing mm. can separate us from his love. I think that realization, too, being rooted and grounded in that, like nothing can separate us from Christ. He mm. has us in his hand, he hasn't lost anyone. Just that realization as a Christian is such a, for you to be rooted and grounded in that is such a safe place.
1: Amen. Um, Amen. You speak about being lied to, hurt spiritually, physically, emotionally, sexually and deconstruction of faith. Come back deconstruction. So how do I
4: deal with people who have deconstructed? Yeah, you know, it was interesting putting that song together because um, I come, Regenerate and I came from two different perspectives on it, but with the same goal in mind. My perspective, I'd say, is more of a shepherd pastor where I'm trying to talk to the people who've been hurt. I see it. I acknowledge it. But come back, man. Like, we're here still, like, you know, don't go off and ruin your life because I've seen that happen so many times. Everyone I've seen leave the faith, they're worse off. They they get divorced. They're, you know, they look all skinny. You know, hey, praise God for change your <laughs> diet and everything and take care of your body. But man, they be looking like I, don't, I think you went too far with that, brother. You know? <laughs> um, and so where can you go? I love what Peter said. You know, when when you know. Uh, Jesus had the seventy-two, and a lot, a lot of them left. He's like, "Hey, y'all finna leave too?" And Peter's like, "Where can we go? You have the words sure. of life." So I'm like, "Please show me a better way to live than the, the ways of Christ. Show me a better worldview to answer your questions. Show me, you know." And it, and it doesn't happen. Like usually, you know. Well, uh, I don't know either. But uh, let's let's live not knowing together. I'm like, "Well, that's a waste of my time, brother, because uh, you <laughs> don't even know. You done left it. You now you telling me." that you're, don't even, there's no truth to find. So then let me just stay a Christian. Why'd you leave then if there's no truth anyway? So you might well have stayed. Um, So yeah, I I just try to listen to people. I try to love them. In my experience, the first couple conversations are easy to hear them out. Why'd you leave? What was the problem? But in my experience, when it's time for the smoke to respond, people disappear. That's what's happened with, with so many people. And so I think yeah you know the best thing is to give people a chance to express themselves because sometimes in church people don't get to express their doubts and questions but uh don't be afraid you know give them space but don't be afraid to come back with the challenge because some christians get so scared and come punks and they never respond It's just 10 years of listening Like, okay at a certain point it's time to respond to challenge so let the spirit guide and uh let you know when to respond but be a good listener though and it might it might be uncomfortable you gotta hear some tough stuff and it might be some months before you can respond but i think it's good to hear people out let them express their doubts and their hurts
1: that's what's up Aisha. coming back to the fold is a different process for each individual as the one trying to point that individual back in the right direction where's your starting point
3: my starting point is to have a conversation, is to reach out and probably possibly schedule a sit down. Um, I've had this happen with a lot of friends. And as Justin said, sometimes they like ducking and dodging you. Maybe they don't, they're not ready for the challenge or they don't want to be challenged. They just kind of want to go off on their own and just be solo dolo and just not have anyone challenge them or comment them. Um, but the few instances I have had, um, just sit down a phone conversation to hear them out to say hey what's going on notice you've been posting this stuff you've been saying wild stuff you've been antagonistic against the church and against the scripture one friend I went on a long walk with her and we talked about it and at the end of the day we agreed to disagree but I let her know where I st- where I stood biblically and I let her know that I think that you're wrong according to what the scriptures are saying and um this could be misleading you know for a lot of people and we eventually had to go our separate ways because you know I am a champion in the Bible and I'm championing the word of God and you're championing the things that got that clearly like Christianity stands to get the crisis against so I think too um for me I will never end a friendship unless there's something like dangerous or super detrimental that they did to me that's harmful and I'm like all right I have to draw a line here and I'll let them know that but if that person but when it comes to situations like that if that person decides I don't want to mess with you no more because you too Christian you saved you know that Jesus stuff I don't want them to do with it and I'm gonna separate from you. Then, oh well. But but I but you know I can leave the door open too, if they want to ask questions or if they're going through something. So I try to like keep myself available. For those people but also be clear where the boundaries are and and some people i feel like that i'm closer to than others it's like i must let you know i love you but i disagree with this and you need to know so anytime you bring this up just know i'm not condoning it i'm not rocking with it this is where i draw a line when you come around me if you bring that up i'm not entertaining that you know what i'm saying like i feel like some people and and like justin says, some people think christians supposed to be punks and whips and it's like no i'm putting my foot down don't bring this up you know, like you you might catch these hands. I don't know, but don't test me. You know what I'm saying? I'm drawing a boundary, but also don't try me at the same time too. You know what I'm saying? Cause some people they they try to get real ignorant, like with Christians, and it's just like like, come on, this is this is unnecessary and uncalled for. But I think for the people that you love, you're going to pursue them. You're going to argue with them. You're going to be going back and mm-hmm. forth because you love them and you want you want to win them back. And how do you win them back? You got to go there. You got to say the hard things. You know, I, I, we call it, you know, the RTR, risk the relationship conversation. Every Christian at some point in your walk in your life has had to have these conversations with people that have defected. Mm-hmm. Or people oh, that are pro ten.
4: How would yeah. they without
3: a preacher? Yeah, or people that profess in name only, but their lives are clear and just rebellion. And it's like we have to go there because a part of our call is to correct, is to rebuke, is a challenge. And you do that out of love. Because you love them, you have to say something.
1: So mm-hmm. yeah, that's
3: my response, you know, to that.
1: Yes, ma'am. I believe regenerative, you talk about the deconstruction of faith. Mm-hmm. Can you explain to the listener that doesn't know what deconstruction of the faith is? Well, yeah, I don't even know.
0: (laughs) I don't know that I've, I've heard anyone give a very strict definition of it. From all that I have heard about it, it seems to me that it's people who essentially are saying, I've seen people, I've seen a version of Christianity that to me does not align with what it should be. And so they start sort of breaking those things down. And I think there's a degree to which, in general, Christians go through that. So uh, a lot of Christians, when they're growing in their faith, they learn theology in a new way. Oh, this thing I grew up with in church is not biblical. And so your views change. I think deconstruction is a new term that I think a lot, I want to give the benefit of the doubt that I think there's a lot of people that are doing that. When they're saying, oh, these things are not in the Bible. This is unhealthy. This really isn't Bible. This is a tradition or whatever. They're trying to get out of those things. things that are clearly error but in my immediate context almost everybody I know who has said I'm deconstructing or I've deconstructed literally ends up leaving the faith so I'm deconstructing now I'm deconstructing now I don't go to church anymore I I I I neglect the biblical commands to not forsake the assembly of the saints now because I've deconstructed and I realize the truth um I've deconstructed now, you know, homosexuality is okay, because that's a bad Christianity that teaches that, that's not the real, uh, like you know, so any version of Christianity of deconstruction that I know from people personally, it turns into that kind of thing, they're walking in immorality, and they're, you know, so my verse, this is why Justin mentioned earlier that we came at the song very differently Uh, Justin's approach was much more compassionate, I realize people have done wrong things, they've been hurt, come back, there's nothing better than Jesus, whatever they've done is not Jesus, come back Uh, Mine was more attacking that idea of deconstruction that is harmful, ultimately, uh, where you do end up leaving the faith and embracing godless ideologies. And so I've had conversations with friends who feel like I come out on records too aggressively, right? And I I clarify very much that if I was actually having a conversation with people, I would not talk like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right but i think hip-hop hip-hop is a great medium to be aggressive right some of the greatest acts in the history of hip-hop have talked about certain topics that are really hard topics but it's like this is the place to really just go off and say something so a lot of that was i'm angered by so by the fact that so many of my friends have walked away people that i did life with for years we prayed together we cried together and i you know you're, you're with them through their trials and, and they're just like i'm done with all this genius stuff and so there was a bit of anger in that, because as I continue to see that, it's just upsetting that these people could just walk away from the precious uh, pearl, this treasure that is Jesus. Um, when, when there's been so many benefits in your life, so many good things he's done, and you're like, you no, know, I'm done with that because I experienced a hard time. You know, mm-hmm. somebody was rude to me at my church, this whole thing's fake. Um, these pastors who I've loved for years and learned so much from, they disagree on a sociological issue, so this whole thing must be fake. Um, and so I'm like, no matter what these people do, how could you turn your back on Jesus? And I think for me, there was a zealousness in the verse to say, do not walk away from Christ. And, and I felt like to go, because some deconstruct, leave the faith, and then they're trying to get others out. And that's where mm-hmm. I get aggressive. All right, now you attacking
1: my uh, family. You, be across,
0: now, you know, it's, it's just, it's, I took the approach of like, you see the apostles in the New Testament when they're writing uh, letters to the churches, and they'll call out aggressively these false teachers. Um, and so that's kind of what I felt. I felt like I want my brothers to be protected from this nonsense. I'm tired of the nonsense. So I'm going to call it out. <laughs> um, and so that was kind of the approach that I took with it, just viewing deconstruction in that negative lens. Because I think there's a version of doing deconstruction that can be right if it is the things that I mentioned initially, the healthy version of these things are not correct. Let's get on the right track. But a lot of times, like I said, in my personal context, it's been I'm throwing this whole G- Christian thing away. I'm deconstructed mm-hmm. out of that, all of that.
1: And that's dope. And I think we need some aggression. I know mine starts with the fear of the Lord. Right. And that's where mine start right there. Right. The fear of the Lord. I'm too scared to deconstruct. Right. All the things that I've been through, all the places I've been, been to. So I think we need the aggression. I think we need that aggression from you. I like justin point of view and i love your point of view too asha so as we move on we got a fan question from all the way out in san antonio texas right and 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 i i know where this person comes from so i think as african-american and minorities in this country we fight for our identity as people but the bible says we find our identity in christ my young adult daughter is dealing with the black hebrew israelites Mm. theology she is thinking about turning from christianity i've had her talk to the pastor and i'm in constant communication and prayer with her about this choice where would you start to show my child in the biblical doctrine that she is wrong about summarizing her faith based on color or hatred towards white people based on the slave trade?
4: <laughs> That's a good one. Um, yeah, I would. Yeah, there's many places we could start. I mean, we could start in the book of Genesis, uh, chapter one, verse 26, 27, and that uh, he made them both male and female in his image and likeness. Um, they didn't say black, white, Hispanic, Asians said male and female. So everyone's created with value, dignity, and worth. And we acknowledge racism, slave trade, all those horrible things and those are symptoms of sin, but what is the solution? Is the solution that God's gonna come back and and, the and, 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 and then kill the white people? Um, you know is God gonna you know come back and kill the Africans that sold other blacks into slavery? Um, is Christ going to come back and redeem his people? Now there there's going to be some slaughter when Jesus comes back. But at the end of the day, are you actually saved? When I deal with Hebrew Israelites, a lot of times I ask, are you actually born again? Are you, do you even know where you're going to go when you die? And they don't because it's law keeping or, you know, like even just being Hebrew and being black or Hispanic or native in and of itself can't even save you because you still got to keep the law. But then it's like, what about all the laws you done broke before? You knew that you were human. And they aren't
3: now, what's keeping the, the atonement?
4: law the Yeah, and you're not actually not keeping, keeping
3: the law, law to the T. There's no but way.
4: even if you tried to start keeping the law, where's the atonement? So basically, Jesus becomes someone who kind of helps you kind of keep the law. He's kind of an example. And then his death and burial resurrection really don't mean anything because it's still on you to save yourself. And then now you just turn into every other religion. You turn into Islam. You turn into Buddhism where... There's no actual assurance for salvation because it's not based on Christ and what he has done. Now, again, we have the right. We can call out things that are going on in this life, but we also have to balance living life in the light of eternity that as long as we live on this earth, there's going to be some kind of issue with what's going on. Blacks killing blacks, whites killing blacks, blacks killing whites, Hispanics killing each other, natives, all these things are going to happen. So what is the solution? Is it hating the white man? Okay, is that going to make you, maybe that make you feel better for a little while, but that won't save you or change the world that you're currently living in or bring you salvation. You still need to be born again. You still need to be saved. So again, I'm not saying ignore that because some Christians say, ignore that until you get to heaven. No, we can do both. We can uh, change some of the things going on in this current world, but the gospel is number one. Have you been born again? Do you have, Salvation and hatred and, and 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 then taking scripture out of context while it might make you feel good for a little while is not a solution because now you're transracial. We talk about transgender, the hmm. you you're trans we're ethnic. You're pretending you mm. something else that you're not, and then you're then then you want me to go along with your gimmick. Like a man saying he's a woman or woman. No, no, you're crazy. You're either a man or a woman. There's only two genders. And (laughs) I'm not going to go along with your foolishness. I'm going to stand on the word in the same way. I'll acknowledge racism, slavery, all that. But I'm going to stand on the word that Christ is Lord. You need a savior. He can save you. Be saved. That's number one and let's you know walk together after
2: that and
3: it's a different gospel yeah, I different mean gospel. It, it's an entirely different gospel scripture says if someone comes to you an angel comes mm-hmm. to you with a different God, let them be accursed because if one if they're just appealing to your ethnicity it has nothing to do with the focus is off Christ already it makes you a god or a little demigod that's a sin mm-hmm. in scripture but also it doesn't tell the complete full story even just for her being an African American young woman our history did not begin with slavery let's start there our history did not begin with American child slavery. That's but that's the lens through which they're viewing everything. And then, there's this retaliation of reverse racism out of that. Like, and then I would even show her stories uh, of women. That's not a, a cult that uh, religion or a cult that is favorable towards women. Women are in bondage, and a lot of those cults too. American I would history. let her hear stories. Yeah, is is you know uh, damaging families, damaging women's self esteem. There's the types of abuses happening.
0: Polygamy.
3: Yeah, polygamy so women are 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 not valued in that way um and, and esteemed in that way as they are like in, in the christian religions and in the scriptures and i will show her stories of women who had to escape their marriages and escape the men that they were uh in relationship with because of those things to show like you think that this is what you want but there, there's a flip side to it, and the dark side that you need to be shown to you know because it's not everything that it appears to be but you know if Christ, Christ and even if you look at some of their the rhetoric and the things that they're spewing there's no genuine like love for Jesus like I love Jesus I honor oh him and God. I want to serve yeah, him I and wish. I want people to be safe it's all you know it's like about the black men and the elevation of like ethnicity but there's no genuine like just love, you, you don't even feel it, it doesn't even come through their preaching and their communication, and they won't even, like if I were to, they won't even really, like, speak to women openly and publicly like, you know, they, so it's there's just a lot of considerations that you know, she needs to kind of take into account before being a part of something like that
0: If there's a sorry, if there's two things that I could contribute even description to that as well I think, one, Paul lists all his stats, essentially and he calls himself a Hebrew Hebrew circumcised on the earth. he's 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 talking about his ethnicity here. he's the true people of god according to the old testament right he's a hebrew mm-hmm. hebrews and as as he lists all the things that would make him righteous from a human earthly perspective he says he counts all that as loss for the sake of knowing christ it's all nonsense so like even to have the right ethnicity according to man he said that doesn't mean anything because christ is what ultimately matters So again, we don't say ethnicity does not mean anything. God made us that way. For whatever reason, he saw fit in his sovereignty. Those things can be celebrated culturally, whatever is in our culture that is not sin because humans are inherently sinful. So there are elements of our, even in hip hop, as we're rappers, we know hip hop has a culture that has many sinful elements, but we can see those things that would honor God and take those. So ethnicity is not, we throw that out the window and it doesn't mean anything. But it doesn't mean anything in the context of where your identity ultimately ought to be, and that's Jesus. Um, Second one I would like to touch on is that in the Old Testament, man-stealing is condemned by death. God's law condemns man-stealing by death. Um, So inherently, off the bat, the Bible, God's word, God condemns the transatlantic slave trade. God Mm -hmm. inherently condemns that. So regardless of how in history people have missed. You know, Misinterpreted that and misused that And abused it to to enslave people And act as if God promotes that uh, What does the actual word itself say If you simply look at what people have done With the word you're going to have a lot of abuse That's what all these cults are They simply take the exact same bible we all have And twist it to mean something distorted That they want it to mean So, so that's another thing to get into what the word Is actually saying as opposed to how people Have distorted and abused the word Amen
1: yeah. Amen, amen, and I hope that answers your question out there to one of our faithful listeners. I'm gonna say this before we move into this break. I know in Chicago, big cities, New York, Baltimore, LA, uh, Miami, wherever it may be, right? Houston, San Antonio, Dallas, stuff like this is common, right? And I'm down here in Birmingham, Alabama, and one day, I'm I'm going in. I'm going somewhere. I went to the Nike store and this guy stops me and says, you know, are you being a slave to that white Jesus? And you know, so I I'm, I'm kind of looking at him right, you know, and I'm like, you know, white Jesus. You know, what is <laughs> you know, where you coming from, brother? You know like that. So I hear him out, right? So the first thing he does, he goes to uh Deuteronomy and he's talking about the curses and you know that little section in there so i can't lie to y'all i had to go home and do some homework right because i love the old testament but i wasn't prepared right then right Mm -hmm. even though i know the white jesus syndrome and all that you know so um i went home and i said you know what uh next time this happens to me I, I see what the mix-up could be. See, everybody's talking about the curses, but they're not talking about what the people did to get to the curse. Mm. You know, so when I'm reading Deuteronomy, I'm like, you know, that's it in a nutshell. We've always longed to know where we're from or this or that and this and the third, but that still don't change God's word. That still doesn't change that jesus died for every single one of us right you know that doesn't change none of that uh for the gentile and for the the israelites so it doesn't change any of that by fact so that's where i'm at with that right now but i appreciate y'all answering that that for our listeners
4: yeah real quick can i give a shout out to you i'll give you
1: some flowers
4: bookkeeper because man we really we've never met but this is the first brother and i've been in christian hip hop you know like over you know going on 30 years or whatever i mean you have given me a number we actually like text outside of just music, it and it was just all like sending my music you know one time and i was kind of impressed that his brother wanted to build a relationship before he does interviews like that's very rare and now i get it people don't maybe make the time to do it or whatever. But I want to shout out to you because, man, you a real one, man. Like, you actually want to get to know people, love, serve people. And I see that heart in you, man. So I appreciate that because it's more than just music or just getting up to do an interview. Like, you actually want to uh, invest in getting to know people and and just doing things the right way, man. So God bless you, bro. Flowers to you because uh, I
1: appreciate that and I thank you, and I appreciate it. Like I tell everybody, like we were talking in the beginning of the podcast, are you a Christian rapper, or are you a rapper that's Christian? First and foremost, I believe this is a ministry. That's first and foremost. So, the interviews is cool, even the music is cool, but my main thing is building relationships because, like that long race, that, well, the, the marathon, it's a marathon. It's not a short race. It's not a sprint. It's not uh, as old and fat as i am now it ain't even 100 meters anymore right <laughs> but it's a marathon and i know that through these relationships and interviews i'm gonna meet some people that's gonna i'm gonna be able to reach out to when i'm crawling right when i'm doubting when i'm just out there on the limb when i'm letting satan just rule over me right so that's my biggest thing as a as a person. The bookkeeper is cool as a ministry, but as a man of God, when when my kids getting on my nerve, when I don't know how to approach my wife, you know stuff like that. I like to, I want to build relationships with some real believers for them challenges in life. But I appreciate you acknowledging that, just really do. Yeah, So you are listening to Behind the Mic podcast with our special guest, Verbal Renaissance. Stay locked in as we'll be back after these messages.
2: We have a new way you can seed with the bookkeeper247.com to help us grow. Head over to the website, click the merch button, and pick out our newly better quality design t-shirts. Enter the promo code behind the mic and get 10% off of your purchase. Also, you can help us grow by dropping a comment and sharing the podcast. Make sure you hit the subscription button to be notified for the most in-depth show in hip-hop. This is Kyle Kemp from TheBookkeeper247.com. Music represents our uniqueness, our freedom, and helps define who you are. Good music is art, expression, and good music is always personal. The Bookkeeper 247 understands the influence music has on our lives. So on our website, we have the best Christian music for the culture. If you'd like to submit your music or videos to our website, we have the link in the show notes. Now back to the most in-depth show in hip-hop with my dad on the Bookkeeper 24-7 podcast.
1: Welcome back to the Bookkeeper 24-7 podcast with our new segment Behind the Mic where we exclusively discuss what's behind the lyrics, production, software, scriptures, and the mindsets of the artists while preparing for their projects. As we continue with this diverse group, Verbal Renaissance, let's continue to talk about their debut album, Welcome to the VR. The Word of God. The Word of God. Love that song. Asha look now i'm paraphrasing right so because i ain't no rapper so i'm paraphrasing you have in there no matter what version of the bible i read my bible says my jesus christ was slain right (laughs) love that love that thank you yes i'm interested because me and my pastor had a discussion about different versions of the bible and our conclusion was whatever version the holy spirit can translate communicate and convict you in is always the best version for you so my question is when people say stuff like this version is better this version is corrupted this version is the real word and etc what would you say to them if asked which one is better
3: Mm -hmm. so well the first thing that i would say is that one we know that like you know god is the author of all scripture all scripture is god breathed and inspired There are people who will make mention of like lost books, like uninspired books, books that weren't included in the original. There are no lost books of the Bible because the original canon is the original canon. Everything that God wanted us to know from Genesis to Revelation was purposeful and intentional and included because those are the books that declare and point to who Jesus Christ is in his redemptive work, And that's the whole point of the Bible. And I think a lot of times people miss the forest for the the trees because they get caught up caught up on like what's not there or what it doesn't say instead of what it what does it say and even when you study the gospels when you look at the bible you see uh from genesis to revelation and everything is pointing to a redeemer to a savior that he was prophesied about shout out to shalian on his album he said the, the old testament is christ concealed the new testament is christ revealed and that sums up the scriptures and what it's about and i would say uh the best version is the version that is declaring who jesus is it was pointing us to salvation but also, when you study, it really goes back to Bible study. Like when I study, I look at different versions. So ESV, CSV. Now, I'm not saying don't don't consult the uh, the New World Translation, like Jehovah's Witness Bible, or the safer. Uh, the safer is what the um, the Hebrew Israelites uh, look at, right? Because those mm-hmm. are not it's, it's not uh, the inspired Word of God. Like it's a, it's a twisted book. Like it's twisted. It's, it's entirely different. But different versions you know uh esv csv nlt when you study sometimes you want to learn like an accurate um kind of rendering of of a verse or something like it, it might say it differently in a way that you can understand so i would say read the version that that you can understand but when you study to look at those different versions and compare them in contrast but they're all saying the same thing they're all saying the same thing the interpretation is going to be the same and, um, just as Bible-believing Christians, we believe that God has preserved his word. So I would say to read whatever version that that you can understand that makes sense to you. Um, now there are certain versions I wouldn't endorse, like the Message Bible. Some people, but some people, like, I read the Message Bible because it speaks in a way that, you know, I understand. I wouldn't endorse that, but at the same time, um... I'm just excited that people are reading the scripture. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. people are reading the scripture and have an interest in the word of God and they want to know what it says and know how to apply it to. And, um, you know, whenever we read and we're reading with the Holy Spirit and we're reading um, so that not only we can understand, but we can apply it to our lives. So I don't know if that answered the question and I don't know if my brother's, my husband, my brother want to speak into that but um, That's what I would say. Like I read the ESV, but I also have KJV at home. I also like look at different versions because especially if i'm going to teach or i'm studying like i said there might be a, a verse that um communicates it in a way that i really understand or breaks it down further so
1: yeah that's dope yeah i got multiple versions about uh in this house as well depending on what i'm going to whether i'm going to teach or preach or whatever right so but you'll find Just- they don't
3: disagree with each other, which I think is my point. Like oh, they, yeah. they aren't disagreeing with each other. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. saying the same
1: thing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Same song, Justin, Justin, Justin. Now look, I'm with you, bro. Especially when you said the word "trumps" what Trump says. <laughs> <laughs> but living in Chicago, and you drop the next bar saying. That even the word Trump, what Obama says, man, <laughs> did you have to hire some security or something to walk around <laughs> the streets of Chicago after dropping the ball like that?
4: <laughs> yeah, I had to. I had to give it to both sides so no one could accuse me of being uh, biased. So I had to, I gave <laughs> Trump some. I had to give Biden and Obama some smoke too. I mean, the funny thing with Obama, he'd be loved, but people in the hood they not worried about Obama. Most of them are not even voting. <laughs> just trying to survive and and live. So uh yeah I mean man like they're building the Obama library and all that but I ain't gonna lie since I've been here I I don't hear people bring him up that much and he still got a house like maybe eight minutes from where we live but yeah I think uh yeah things are just so different like under Trump and now under Biden like maybe if I was here because I moved to Chicago 2012. So his last four years. So maybe if I was around 07, 08, when he first got in office, '09 maybe I would have felt more of the Obama love. But to be honest, people barely—I barely hear anyone bring him up. They more will talk about the mayor and stuff a lot of times than yeah. the, the president or whatever. But uh, nah, I never had to <laughs> hire no security man. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I love wordplay. I love to have fun, lyricism and all that. So I had to throw shots. At- both ways. I like what Ice Cube said. Left wing, left wing, right wing is part of the same bird. That's how I
1: feel. Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. Regenerative. What about you, man? The word of God, man. What, what, what did your part in that mean to you?
0: Yeah, man. I, I just think uh, it, it was off the same lines of like the deconstruction thing, but also, I mean, I'm I'm really big on evangelism. So street evangelism specifically, right? So you just go out. You talk to whoever try to give them the gospel but really you're just trying to have conversations with people right to get to the point of giving them the gospel and you just hear so many weird worldviews. it's like even on social media now especially you see so many people that mock the word of god laugh at it oh that's not real but then they're gonna try to tell you how to be a christian mm-hmm. then they're gonna they go try to tell you what the bible says yep mm-hmm. but the bible's a corrupted book that's nonsense it don't make no sense but like oh, here's what it says you should live <laughs> or they're trying to disprove you to faith oh do you eat shellfish oh do you have uh clothing with two mixed fabrics like yeah. you don't even understand the concepts of that if you want a bible study and figure that out let's get it in right but you don't want that because you don't want the pushback you just want to throw out the parts of the bible that you feel like are going to make me look stupid for believing in it but you don't believe in it and you say it's a trash book so then your argument holds no weight anyway so that's kind of the stuff that i was getting at where, where it's like uh i'm trying to remember my bars i said they scoff at His word of it uh deny the great physician but claim that they need to doctor it right you got to doctor it up uh trying to edit the word like a microsoft word document so they're like trying to pick it apart and make it mean a certain thing but it's like they they mock the great physician but claim they know the way to doctor up the word and that's you know obviously that's the wordplay of it but it's like they want to mock it and mock you for believing in it but they use it to try to make you look dumb it's like wait it doesn't work both ways so that's, that's what I was touching on Like especially again In light of deconstruction Like Yo, I left I left Christianity You see a lot of people Who left the faith Who will be like Here's why the Bible is wrong because, And then they quote you the Bible It's like well, hold on You're still using this thing <laughs> To try to make a point Against this thing You know what I mean and it's like um, Or it's the same way When you see people Who leave Jesus But they gotta be telling Everybody about leaving Jesus And persuade everyone To leave Jesus And they keep making YouTube videos about Christianity If you're done with it And it's nonsense Move on why are you mm-hmm. still talking about it? Why are you still trying to bring it up? Why is it th- Why is it the way you're still getting views? And why is it... Move on. You're done. It's fake. Stop talking about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's, uh, again, not me coming with the aggression, but I was just trying to get at those ideas.
1: Oh, that's dope, man. Man, I just brought up Obama and Trump. And speaking of politics, in the booth, a spoken word mm. featuring Aisha Marie.
0: Yeah.
1: Look, Aisha. Come on, come on, <laughs> talking about, talking about voting. And hey, look, I ain't going to spoil it. Well, look, what all listen, go get the album. You'll know what I'm talking about. But where did that point of view, that spoken word, where did that come from?
3: So there's the organization shout out to the end campaign. Uh, Justin Gibney, based in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. He started different chapters in different cities. So when they brought it to Chicago, um, I was tapped to write a, a piece for that and the and campaign thing is for like we're for um
4: it's both damn we're yeah
3: we're both we're and we're
4: for justice you know racial justice but we're also for righteousness we're we're yeah. against abortion we, we fight for the unborn and we're against gay marriage we and we're marriage. whole
3: life like a
4: yeah, whole two. life but then but we're not social justice in a sense of we go for all the transgender, gay stuff. So that they were trying to say we're both, both and. Yeah. So righteousness and justice.
3: So I was commissioned to write a piece that speaks to that, and that's what came out. So when it came to this project, it was perfect timing because we're coming out of a tumultuous time in our country where people want you to pledge your allegiance to either red or blue. And based on what you say or how you respond, you might get lumped in a certain category. You might get line and sideline, like, we don't rock with you because you endorse this person you voted that way but my pastor he preached a sermon and um it, it sticks out in me and justin's minds because man it was just so amazing how he explained for the christian um carrying your cross that he had two crates and um he was like the cross doesn't fit into either one and he was basically saying like as christians we stand out and we don't fit into these boxes and these categories and things that the world has because God called us to be salt and light. And in a lot of ways we make people uncomfortable because why we're going to stand on the word of God at the end of the day. So in the book, just kind of speaks to like, you can't try to like cut me down the size by demeaning me as a Christian or reducing me to like just X, Y, Z, this is who you are. But it's like, I'm who God says I am. But at the same time, it's like, I'm standing against sin but at the same time, I'm simultaneously standing up for righteousness. So that's what I wanted to communicate with that piece.
1: Amen. Regenerate, struggle till I die. That seemed like that song was more personal for you. What do you want the listener to get out of that? Man, that Christ is worth
0: suffering for, man. Um, The Christian walk is not easy. So as much as the idea of the song, was more personal i tried to keep the actual content of the song general enough that any believer who listens could relate to it, um because we all are dealing with different kinds of struggles we all have different temptations we all have different proclivities to particular sins um and so but but the reality of the christian walk is we are all tempted right jesus Mm -hmm. came and was tempted just as we are tempted right Mm -hmm. um so temptation is real and obviously not for Christ because he did not sin so he wasn't struggling with sin but we do and we have a high priest who at least understands the temptations of walking right because he was tempted in every way as well but again I think I think at the end of the day every every level of walking away um, from the Christian faith when people walk away I believe that the Bible is clear that one they went out from us because they were not of us but truthfully it's people give up in the fight against sin they're just tired of the same thing over and over. They're trying to deny themselves, but they just want this thing so bad that they say, you know what, I'm giving into it. Um, and there's a degree of when you look at Romans 1, God giving people up to the sin that they just keep going after, right? God eventually is like all right, go ahead. <laughs> um, and so I just think struggle till I die was just the anthem in term it, it, the, the mindset of I'm struggling, but I will struggle till I die because Christ is worth that. It gets tiring. You get tired of the fight. You get tired of failing and falling into that same sin you've been dealing with for a decade or more, right? But he's worth it, right? The right that Falls, gets back up seventy-seven times, right? Like, like that fight is worth it, and that's all really that I wanted to drive home with that. I wanted people to know, like, he's worthy. The Lamb is worthy of all of your suffering, all of your toil. Um, because at the end of the day, as you mentioned earlier, this race is a marathon, right?
1: <laughs> um,
0: I like to think it of as like a, a hurdle run, right? I mean, jumping the hurdles. You're gonna keep falling and tripping on some of the hurdles, but you keep going. <laughs> and eventually you're gonna hit the goal line. You're gonna get scraped up, you're gonna get bruised, but like you're gonna get there if you just keep moving. And Christ is worth continuing to move because we know that the goal, the, the, what we're gonna receive at the end of it is worth all of the struggle and all the pain. Um, and, and like Justin touched on earlier, where else shall I go? If I'm, you know, I'm tired of struggling, where else are you going to go? There's nothing more mm-hmm. precious or greater to delight in than Jesus Christ. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's really what I wanted to push with that song. And hope I'm glad when I hear people say it resonated with them. I had somebody say, yo, this song defines the season. I mean, right now I needed this song. I've heard things like that. So um, it's always a beautiful thing when you're able to put your own struggles on blast and God use that to minister to other people
1: amen amen as we get ready to wind this podcast down welcome to the VR y'all debut album verbal renaissance what is the overall message you want the listener to get out of their first experience with this album Uh, that's that's a great question man. I want the Lord to be glorified and I want you to
4: enjoy him with us be edified and enjoy him That'd probably be what I would say.
3: And for people to to listen to it, like really listen to it with their hearts and really dig deep because, I mean, there's a lot of things that can go over your head, especially if you haven't been exposed to Christian hip hop, but even if you are like familiar with it and ask a lot of good questions of like, man, why did they say that? But also kind of marvel at just the way that God has gifted MCs to flip words and put words and language together to convey meaning and to convey truth. Like, I think it's really just amazing and just how, like, God uses wordsmith Smith MCs and and musicians to just, man, like he said, glorify Christ and make much of him. And I think just um, embracing the versatility on the record, too, because it's just... Like you said, there's reggae, there's spoken word, there's boom bap, there's, you know, Crowd, throwback songs. They did like an early 90s, kind of old to early 90s song, like uh, Regenerate and Justin. So just mm-hmm. just enjoying like all the different genres just within, the, just you know, this one project.
1: And we didn't even get to the throwback. When I put that on, my wife just, I don't know where she went, like back to <laughs> <laughs> skating days, doing the limbo or something, right? <laughs> yeah, yes, man, that's great. So, where can everybody find this album? Find y'all music.
4: Yeah, this album's on every all the platforms: Amazon, iTunes, Spotify. Oh, uh, I got physical CDs selling through my website as well. We'll make that announcement soon. Yeah, everybody has their own social media as well. We have our own solo records as well. But uh, welcome to the VR, specifically
1: uh, YouTube. Everywhere that music is is bought now, nowadays. And so you heard it. So look, when the CD drops, shoot me a text. I'm going to go get it. Anybody listening just to know I say this. We, we can scream, I love what my pastor say we can scream hallelujah get up and jump all day in church right but when alabama power that's our power company down here they don't take them hallelujahs and shouts and amens that's what that cup get passed around for right so when the cds drop you be the first to let us know y'all go out there and buy them they putting out some great music we need to support our Christian artists doing this thing out here. This thing is not free. It takes time away from the family. It takes money to create different things on different projects. So y'all go out there and support these artists and be able to support them financially because trust me, they they can't make it off Spotify and Apple Music alone. So y'all remember that when you're listening, when you streaming and like Bizzle and the words of Bizzle, Bizzle said, uh, you can stream it, but go buy it and then stream it, right? So, (laughs) right. yes, yes, yes. Y'all go out there. So I want to ask y'all, what's next for y'all as a label individually? What can we be looking forward? And I know we're in the world. Y'all just dropped this major project. Uh, How many songs on here, Justin? Oh, we
4: got uh, 18 tracks on there. Uh, About 16 songs, uh, intro and... uh, Skit, Uh, We got a gospel skit on there, so
1: yeah, about 18 tracks. That's right, and we're in a world of impatient fans. So I'm just asking y'all as a whole, as a label, as individuals, what can we be looking for next? So we just finished our first music video off
4: the album, and we're planning uh, probably four more music videos. So we're going to get the videos coming out. We got a couple more singles from the album dropping. So we're going to keep it moving, man. and keep, you know, pushing this album uh, for a good while. And then uh next up, most likely we got uh Miss Aisha Marie with the, an amazing album coming to age story from uh growing up in Chicago. Regenerate got an album on the way. Um, you know, I, I have an album planned for 2024. Uh no, actually probably twenty twenty-five. But uh and then we got a couple other signings possibly that we can't discuss just yet. But uh stay tuned and then, you know. We're going to get some shows touring going on But uh, yeah So once once those new artists That we're looking at get signed And they will come on the roster as well And get some things moving But uh, so far we're going to keep pushing this album Singles, music videos We've got other interviews We've got another interview this same week
1: Coming up Amen That's what we can look forward to Man, that's dope That's dope right there So let the people know how can you all be found as a group verbal renaissance what do they need to do to to look for you all
3: so you all can follow us on um instagram at verbal renaissance and all of us our individual accounts so uh, regenerate is uh just regenerate um, on ig and then i'm asia.marie and justin is at justin martyr and then um, 305. Yeah, Justin 305. Yeah. And just make sure you follow yeah, Verbal Renaissance on IG. And then um you can All subscribe time. to our YouTube as well. Because yeah. yeah. we have videos
4: TikTok, coming, interviews, different things like Twitter, that. Yeah, Twitter,
1: Verbal Renaissance. Yeah. Yep. And I just subscribed today because I seen one of y'all post on social media. Y'all was asking everybody, what video do you think we're dropping first off this first project of ours, right? So you ain't got a spoiler no spoilers. You can tell me when the camera's off, but uh, y'all are just going to have to go subscribe to find out, right? Yeah. So last but not least, do we have any last closing remarks from Verbal Renaissance? I would just
3: say, like you said earlier, you know, Bro, which is just continue to support Christian hip-hop. Um, you know, your local artists, national artists uh, support us, because like you said, it takes uh, money and a lot of time that we put into this like hours and hours and just, you know, make sure you support, uh, reaching deep into your pockets. I mean, we love your love, but reaching deep into your pockets and supporting the artists, because like you said, it takes funding to, to do what we do. And and also just word about spreading the word too. you know, free, free promotion, spread the word, share it. And, you know, yeah. send it to yeah. somebody else.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, it's been an amazing conversation with the incredible talent and inspiring Christian rap group, Verbal Renaissance. Before we say goodbye, make sure to follow Verbal Renaissance on all their social media accounts to stay updated on their latest projects and upcoming events. You can also check out their latest album, Welcome to the VR and all streaming platforms and be sure for future projects to pre-save so to help support the artists and boost their visibility in the industry. Also, don't forget to check out the show notes for all the links where you can follow them and more information. Thank you for tuning in to Behind the Mic Podcast, and we'll catch you on the next time. We out.